When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I guess I'll take off. (laughs) Turns out Mike's busy, preoccupied, chewing his gum. Pringles. Well, hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names in the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you're going to take home with you. Oh. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there's something truly special about making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, and using your detective prowess to figure out what family member is responsible for the blockbuster late fees that you just had to pay. Sons of bitches. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me as always, two dudes who I know so well that I'll be able to predict their most punchable face later on in the show. Sean Pryor and AJ Vance, how the heck are you? I'm good. I think you can, probably. I think you might get it. You might get it. Not many characters to choose from, so I feel like I can can narrow it down. Here's the thing. that was always the worst walking in there, and and like you you found the video game and the movie that you were gonna have for like your little weekend, and then you find out that your older brother yep. actually just still has like this random movie, probably South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut <laughs> that hasn't been returned in in a month and a half, and you're stuck re- and responsible for paying a late fee or at least a portion of it when you have the exact money you need yes. to rent what you want. It's a gamble though, because sometimes you accidentally had the late fee, and like someone else is going to pay for it. I'd still it's blame just a someone else. <laughs> it's no mystery. It's no mystery who just bombed out the bathroom across the hall. I, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Clue? What? <laughs> Get a clue. Great intro to the show, you guys. I think it's the best one. On today's episode, we discuss... <laughs> is this it? <laughs> We're done. Is, is this it? For, like, is this our last episode? <laughs> we, 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 we 
finally just lost it. <laughs> it just fell apart before our very eyes. To, to everyone that's been here all million episodes, like they, you, you're, it's nice for you to see this moment. For somebody just tuning in today, just bear with us. Okay? It, gets, it gets so much better. It gets so much better. Okay, Don't promise anything, guys. <laughs> Listen, on today's episode, we discuss the first movie ever made that was based on a board game. Tim Curry's favorite movie he's ever starred in, a movie that is the true definition of a cult classic. We're, of course, talking about 1985's Clue. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with The Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Thank you. Well, if you are new to this podcast, we're going to be reviewing this movie with a modern eye. But in order to do that properly, we must first discuss it with pure 1985 nostalgia. AJ, start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie, what your nostalgic rating is. What was, uh, let's see, Thursday. <laughs> Thursday was when I first saw this movie. Let's see, what year was it? <laughs> what year Thursday. Was, it was Thursday. First, first time first, you ever saw first this. First time I ever saw this. In fact, I actually avoided this on purpose because I had such a fond memory of playing the board game as a kid that I did. I was like, a movie about this is go- probably going to be terrible, so I don't even want to bother watching it. So I, I never watched it. I, I put off watching it. I... And here we are. That's it, So AJ's a big NA. I'm the same as you. However, slightly different, I never played the board game. So I'm like, why would I ever watch a movie about a game that I've never played? That sounds stupid. It it was, for some reason, it's one of the few board games that we bought when I was a kid. And we played, it was like a newer version, but it was, like, we played it all the time. I loved the game. Yeah, that's crazy. Didn't that game come out in, like, the 40s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Something like that. It's been around around forever. But, yeah, Yeah. two and... that's Sean, you added it to your Patreon. This was a Patreon vote. Uh-huh. I'm assuming you've seen this movie. Well, yeah, no, I was a huge, I was a huge fan of the game. Like me, me and my family played it like literally all the time. Yeah. And so uh, when I heard like there was a movie of it, like my dad and my mom were just like, "Oh, there's a movie of that." I'm like, "Great, let's let's do that." And so watching it, and I just fell in love with Tim Curry oh. at the time. And so that's beginning A. And that's not even true. <laughs> oh, no, you did Beginning not. Beginning B is actually the truth, and I've never seen this movie. You no! can't tell me this. We can't have a full-blown, all three of us have never seen it. Come on, How come did on. You, why did you, why did you put it list? on their list? Because I've, I've wanted to watch it for so long, and I wanted the, the best excuse, and the best excuse is our lovely patrons. That's they a need great to choose, point. They need to choose the movie. Like a lot of those other movies on that list, I have seen. But Clue, I'm like, I'm kind of pulling for it because uh, it'd be fun to do it on the show. And what so a crazy, what a crazy. That's never thing happened. That that is the movie that everybody picked, though. Okay, so yeah. let's let's. The, here's what we do. So once a month, we let our top tier Patreon members vote on a movie. We usually just kind of curate a little list. This was Sean's choice. He threw five movies up there. This. Clue got 54% of the vote, followed by Big Trouble in Little China at 35%. Yeah, almost. Followed by Howard the Duck at 7, Commando at 4, and Maximum Overdrive at 1. Unreal. I thought for a fact Big Trouble in Little China was going to run away I with this. I thought so, too. 
I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was going to be that or or maximum overdrive, which was opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and we that we've gotten big trouble requested so many times, and I thought that was yeah. going to hit. You guys should understand that 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 movie is very close on the horizon. I oh, mean, yeah. like we mm. thought it was going to win this, it didn't. So you're going to get Clue, and then probably yeah. Sean's next choice, AJ's <laughs> next choice. I'm we'll just going to redo that. that list again with with not including Clue. I'll just pick another movie. <laughs> Well, that you haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a this is an all time first for us. All three have never seen this movie, but we do have an executive producer, our boy David Gould. He has seen oh, this. Oh, thank goodness. His nostalgic review, he says, The board game Clue was one of my favorites growing up. It could be for the little figurine weapons, the exceptionally 70s styling of the game board, the create-your-own-story, or it could be for the fact that mustache on the Colonel Mustard card. Mm. That The mustache on the Colonel Mustard card. Side note, how many of us learned the proper spelling of Colonel because of this game? <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> Where's the R? It's silent. <laughs> K E R N A L. I don't know. My mom said I have Colin all year. So <laughs> <laughs> this game ended up being fun and educational in that regard. But as for the movie, it was one that I found on basic cable during my afternoon after homeschooling channel surfing. Clicking over to this movie, I was excited to see it as I was such a lover of the game, and unfortunately, I didn't get it. It was too off the wall, chaotic, and not aligned with the tales I had created so many times before playing the game. Because of this, I can conclude that a menacing Tim Curry with a remote in my parents' very poorly decorated living room, this movie would be a 4.72 nostalgic slap. So we're just going to leave it as it is. One vote does not qualify to jump into our ranks. All right. Okay. So we're going to strip away David's nostalgia, (laughs) and we're going to dissect this with a modern eye. First, we got to talk about the pertinent, important details of this movie, Sean. That's your job, man. Produced by Queen, Deborah Hill. Also worked with John Carpenter a lot. Did Halloween. Did Big Trouble, I think, in The Fog. That's her, uh, that's her first name? Queen Deborah. Queen? Queen Deborah Hill, yeah. Mm. She from Queens? Toby. All right. Toby. <laughs> Toby. 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 Toby Wong. Toby. <laughs> Why that's is this from, our Why is from this our best episode yet? <laughs> it's it's going to be bad. It just continues to-, to be the best. Toby Hooper, <laughs> Toby Toby Wong. That's from last week. All right. Story by Jonathan Lynn and John Landis. Screenplay by Jonathan Lynn. Cinematography by Victor J. Kemper. Hey, he also did a movie called Cohen and Tate, which is actually really good. Uh, it's got Roy Scheider in it. Oh, it's yeah. uh, really good. <laughs> what the what? Roy <laughs> Schneider. Is that another recommendation that you haven't seen? I, no, it is. I love that movie, and it's a good one. Uh, Beethoven, Tommy Boy, Eddie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Jingle All the Way, and the prestigious Bring It On, All or Nothing. <laughs> Edited by Richard Batherton and Richard Haynes. Music by John Morris, directed by John Lynn. Cast, Eileen Brennan, Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Mole, Leslie Ann Warren, Leaving. Bill Henderson and Howard Hessman leaving. John Landis was developing. <laughs> All they do is laugh. <laughs> John Landis was developing. Shut up and just talk already. <laughs> developing and writing the script for Clue, but found himself leaning hard on the Agatha Christie esque whodunit aspect and getting stuck on actual mystery parts. Landis employed help from Jonathan Lynn to co write along with Landis, and the script was completed. Landis was going to direct Clue, but was busy developing spies like us at the time, and so he suggested to Lynn that he direct, and Lynn jumped at the opportunity. Most of the actors cast were all original choices except for Wadsworth, uh, who the production was eyeing Leonard Rossiter and Rowan Atkinson. Uh, Rowan Atkinson was more British 
uh, comedy at the time. He was more known in the UK than US. Uh, so they opted for Tim Curry. Was that, that must be before Mr. Bean and stuff? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Unless, yeah, it must have been just on the cusp right of all of that. Yeah. For Miss Scarlet, the first choice was Carrie Fisher, actually. Was it, wasn't it because of like she was in drug rehab or something like that? Yeah, she was. Like, <laughs> she, yeah. she took the part. Yeah, but she it was, was like, ah, never mind. I can't. Headed into rehab. <laughs> Sorry, man. I can't do Clue. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I double booked. I can't do your board <laughs> game movie. <laughs> what movie are you doing? Drug rehab. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. That's very sad. It, no, it is. <laughs> Clue was filmed mostly on sound stages at Paramount Pictures, and the exteriors were all filmed at a mansion in South Pasadena, California, which has since burned down. While filming the set was very jovial and with such great performers, it was almost too jovial with the actors joking around on set and having a lot of fun with the material, although imp- improvisation was not encouraged. The film was released on December 13th, 1985, and had a pretty peculiar uh, release. When released, every third or fourth theater had a different ending, as we see in the DVD and streaming releases, but this sort of backfired because audiences felt tricked out of a full movie. Um, on a budget of $15 million, the film only made $14.6 million. So yeah, I mean, at the time, it was like, the idea was to do this gimmick of having different endings and different screenings you go to to try and get people to go again and see a different ending, maybe. It seems genius. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also could be like, ah, I get it. I see why that didn't go You're not go seeing well. anything different until the end, though. You know, it's like, but it's the same movie. It's just the ending is going to be, I would, back then, I would be like, oh, I'm all in. I will go see it again, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's just, it's interesting to me. I wonder if the general, because this movie really truly has become a cult classic, but it failed so miserably at the box office that you wonder if maybe that's kind of the experience we had. People were just like, board game movie? Like, I don't, you wonder if that also had something to do with it, too. Yeah, it's a dedicated fan base already, and like I say, I avoided it on purpose when I found out that it existed, the movie existed. So, And if I was able to see it in the theater, and then you find out that you, there was a whole other ending that somebody else saw. Or, like, you get together with your buddy. You're like, dude, the ending was crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. They all did it. Oh, my God. The ne- Wait, Well, what? no, no. What? No, it was just. No. It was, no, it was Miss Scarlet. No. What? Wait a second. <laughs> like, that's what happens? True, yeah. No. Yeah, I guess you're not, like, privy to it. Right. You know, that'd be really confusing. Well, and it'd be like, I'm trying to think of a, of a board game that I did play uh, as a kid. Like, <laughs> Mousetrap? Yeah. Like, if there was a mousetrap movie, I'd be like, not going to see that. <laughs> yeah. Like, just board games. It's just a board game. Like, why, yeah. why would that be a good movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... Guess who? Yeah. Like, oh, guess who? Oh, the you, movie? Have you guys seen the new Monopoly movie? <laughs> yeah, it's just too long. <laughs> that's, that's just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right <laughs> Never ending. Well, didn't they? have they made any other movies about board games, like, since... Is is Battleship technically about yes. the board game? Yes. Is it really? I mean, I think it's like produced by Hasbro and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Has been. Hey. <laughs> hey, Rihanna's in that, all right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh. <laughs> oh, no. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Sorry, big game. Oh, oh. So, so that's when it's that's when her uh, career is planned to end. Yes. I got it. I got it. Should we talk about the movie Clue? <laughs> oh, we've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> never. Seen 
Go ahead, John. No, that's it. Oh, that's it. That is it. Well, <laughs> my friends, other than sharing this podcast to your friends, uh, follow us on social media platforms, buy merch, check us out at confusedbreakfast.com. Like we said, our Patreon community is one of those places you can vote on movies like this, but you can also join our private Discord channel by being a top tier member, and you get bonus audio content. The last couple, we do weekly conversations that you guys get to listen to. Last couple weeks, we had a um, we had a continued conversation about Goodfellas, where we where we also broke down some more of like our favorite Scorsese movies. Um, then after Out Cold, we talked about our experiences on the slopes, got <laughs> off the rails a little bit, talking about a confused breakfast cruise, hitting the Ooh, gnar, dude. hitting the oh. gnar gnar and ratto. Yeah. So like. I think you guys will enjoy our conversations if you like our humor, you like hearing us talk. Go check us out at patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. Thank you guys who have given and are continuing to give. Thank you so much. Mm. Up next, our boy AJ did the research. Uh, he tells us ratings and reviews from critics and fans alike. What do you got, man? There's blood everywhere. <laughs> With the tomato meter! <laughs> Gross! 68%. On the tomato meter, okay, sixty-eight percent. That's critics. That's critics of every movie we've done so far. Sixty-eight percent ties it with American Psycho and Dumb and Dumber, critically. Huh. Uh, just for reference, Wedding Singer sixty-nine, Point Break sixty-seven. Yeah, sixty-nine. This is kind of where. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 68 percent to me seems like a like a very very like mediocre, like middle of the pack. That's like the sevens on on IMDb. Yeah. Uh, 86% for uh, fans and audiences uh, on IMDb. And uh, a 7.2. So we're talking 0.2 higher than the dreaded seven? Yeah. That is a really good movie. Yeah. Wow, Wow, that's phenomenal. That's that's a 0.1 better than Coming to America. It is. That is tied on our list of every movie we've done with Speed, GoldenEye, Tremors, Major League, and Lost Boys. That is, like, the best company for this movie. Right? <laughs> that is dead on. It kind of is. <laughs> like, yeah, it was kind of, it wasn't great, but it was actually really great. I mean, like, yeah, you we'll, know, get, like, we'll get yeah. there, but. Variety gave this an 80 out of 100. All right. Uh, if you're doing the math, that's 800 out of 1,000. Right, right. Uh, clue is campy, <laughs> high-styled escapism. <laughs> Short 87 minutes that just zip by, the well-known board game's one-dimensional card figures uh, figures like Professor Plum and others become multi-dimensional personalities with enough wit, neurose, and motives to intrigue even the most adept whodunit solver. It's hmm. really nice. It's really nice of them to say that. I like that. That's good. Super nice of you. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, do you guys want Los Angeles or New York? You guys tell me, because they both gave it a 40. Yeah. We, we were in Queens Let's last go. week. Let's go to Let's Los go Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. City of Angels, you got it. Uh, Kevin Thomas said, inspired by the Parker Brothers board game of the same name, Clue is more frenetic than funny, more strained than suspenseful or scary. Uh, in fact, it's not the least bit scary or suspenseful, but instead quickly grows tedious. The more you struggle to keep track of the constantly multiplying plot developments, the harder it gets to care who did it. Can we go to New York instead? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rewind the tape. (laughs) Nope, you don't get New York anymore. Okay. Sorry, guys. I like this game. I understand. Yeah, you got to commit. So... um, Somebody somebody called this their their favorite comedy. Uh, This is just a 10 out of 10. Uh, My favorite comedy, uh, Thalassa Fisher... The Lassa Fisher, 
Okay. I've seen Clue, repeat, Clue repeatedly since I was a child in middle school, and uh, some of the physical comedy, along with the excellent timing, still gets a laugh out of me. Uh, full of memorable one-liners and set in arguably the most epic historical house ever filmed uh, in a 20th century mystery. Okay. okay. Yeah. 10 out of 10. She just, they love this movie. It's 100 out of 100 for you guys following along at home. Listen, uh, this is a 10 out of 10. This is the best movie I've ever seen. It's the best movie. It, it's uh, riveting. It's, it's, a, it's in a house. Keeps you in... <laughs> the best part of this? The house. Oh, um, More, it's like a tenth character, really. You're you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, uh, two out of ten. Uh, just like the board game, confusing. Said Friedenberg David. <laughs> and he uh, he starts his full analysis just in the middle of it, and this is his full analysis. And too long. That's why you never finished a game back then, don't you? What? <laughs> don't you what? <laughs> I think he was thinking about Monopoly or something because if you didn't finish a game of Clue, like <laughs> you didn't like, have time to start the game yeah, in the first you, place. You shouldn't have started the game to start with. You need to commit some. You need to commit at least thirty minutes. Oh, you mean there's three things I got? God, there's what? too long. Wait, I got to write shit down. This is it's too confusing. <laughs> well, there's there so many pieces and parts to this. Why can't we play Volcano Island? I don't know. <laughs> A fireball island. Why can't Sorry, we play was... the Crocodile Dundee board game? Ooh, hungry, hungry hippos. If you want a real whodunit, then just play Who's There or whatever. <laughs> Guess, Guess who? who? Guess who? <laughs> Who's there? Oh yeah, play that game. Who's there? Yeah, let's just play. Let's just play Guess Who. Who's there? Two out of ten, guys. Last one. Let's just get over. Get this over with. Two out of ten. Um, Jay Thies called this a non-com. Whoa! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Got him. I like that a lot. <laughs> More like non-com. <laughs> Even though this is, his play is on rom-com, and yeah, this is not a rom-com. Not at okay. all. Got, gotcha. Uh, uh, the, the initial premise is fine. That a group of people meeting in an old, large mansion. Uh, the problem is the movie was supposed to be a comedy, and the writer and director don't really know how to make a comedy. The attempts at humor mostly misfire and are either boring or painful to watch. That's just like uh, your opinion, man. It's it's supposed to be campy. That's why, like the very first one I read, it's like it's like a it's like a clinic in campiness. Yeah, and it's supposed to be that way. And then you just have other people like this who're like, "There's you can totally tell he didn't poke him in the eye right there. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't really slap that lady. Oh man, he didn't stomp his foot. It's like, dude, it's just like." It's Three Stooges. Just let it happen Just for two let seconds. It happen. Please. Jesus. Good Lord. This is why you shouldn't have critical reviews of some movies, probably. <laughs> that's <very laughs> Not even true. we can take it seriously, guys. Anyways, that's all I got, guys. Well, before we dissect this movie scene by scene, we got to shout out our amazing sponsor, NordVPN. They are doing big things in the world, and they are helping all of us and all of you Keep your information private. You know, we're always on the Wi-Fi. We're always in public hotspots. We're always logged into this website and using this app. And there's so much danger in doing that. Luckily, NordVPN has the tools we all need. They're providing a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. It creates an encrypted tunnel for your data and protects your online identity by hiding your IP address and masking your virtual location. I've been loving this service. I've been using it. We've talked about it a lot, about how you can use it to access 
um, certain shows are uh, that are on streaming platforms mm-hmm. are not available in the United States, uh, but they are available in France or Australia yeah, or even, Germany. Even Netflix, like maybe Clue isn't available on Netflix in the United States, but it is in like France or something. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so what you can do is you can actually see something that you can't see in America by changing your IP location using NordVPN. I told you a couple of weeks ago how I was able to watch Blues hockey. Uh, because I was able to change my location and actually get access to that. So it's amazing. Not only are they helping you access blocked websites, but you're seeing all this other streaming services, avoiding unlawful government surveillance, and so much more. Um, we think you're going to love it. You have to try NordVPN. Um, go to nordvpn.com slash breakfast. That is the link you go to, and that will get you tons more info and a free bonus brought to you by your boys at Confused Breakfast. And it's completely risk-free, 30-day money-back guarantee. So, like, try it if you're like, oh, this is dumb. I don't like it. Yeah. And get rid of it. Easy. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been, like, eight months now, so I I love it. I don't plan on ever getting rid of it. We're happy to have those guys sponsoring us. I mean, that is a, a direct way to, if you go check their products out and we're talking about them, then that directly reflects on us and mm-hmm. makes us look great. So, I think that's one of the coolest things you can do, and you get something in return. Go check them out. NordVPN.com slash breakfast. You're welcome. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. Yes, that's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. I've had a beard for a long time. I don't think I've seen my jawline in like 10 years now. I've gone to the barber a few times to help me shape and kind of clean up this majestic beard, but they always seem to mess it up. So I quickly learned how to do it myself. I learned all the stuff, like do this, do this. The biggest problem problem was finding the right equipment to do a good job. This Manscaped Beard Hedger is what I've always been looking for. It has 20 different cutting lengths in one guard. It's cordless and it's waterproof. If you're first starting to dabble in the beard growing game, here's a secret for you. It is all about the aftercare. Manscaped knocked it out of the park with the beard shampoo and conditioner for your shower and then the beard oil and beard balm to keep the itchiness away and help you style and shape. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with a beard brush, comb, and scissors. Everything you could possibly need. You'll be the best looking beard in the room with all of this, no doubt about it. I'll finally have some competition, I guess. I know I'm not getting it from Sean and AJ, but maybe you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code CONFUSED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CONFUSED. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths, a lifetime of beard glory. Well, boys, let's take this unmarked, vague letter that we got in the mail and trust that it's on the up and up. Not only will we say yes, but we can make the long drive to a strange house in the middle of nowhere and still find the courage to go inside. Nothing weird's going to happen, is it? Here we go! So in 1954, six strangers are invited to a dinner party at Hill House. When they arrive, they are met by a butler named Wadsworth, and they are served by a maid named Yvette and a cook named Mrs. O. During dinner, a seventh guest, Mr. Body, arrives. Wadsworth reveals that Mr. Body has been blackmailing the other guests and that the group is here to confront him and turn him over to the police. Okay. Can you imagine pitching this movie today? (laughs) Just like, yeah, I want to make a movie about... uh... 
A board game. Board is in the title. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's a and it's a different spelling. But <laughs> How have I gone four years of my life and never heard that joke? Because I hate games. My I, wife's always I'm trying to get me to play games. Game people, and that's gonna be my new thing I say yeah. to her. I like you have to have a group of people around. Like AJ and his wife and his son came over and we played board games and it was a good time, you know, okay. but like it's not something I like gravitate to. So like let's can we talk about the board game in itself just real quick? Yeah. Do you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. like the board game? I was I'm never good at it. I can never figure it out. My fiance is just like, Yeah, I, I'm a detective. I got this. She's just like <laughs> she's Clouseau. I <laughs> I love it. I love the game. You do? Like, yeah, I, I wish I wish we could have played it in preparation for this episode, to be completely honest. But I knew it wouldn't work. We're just too busy, you know? So getting together outside of this is pretty tough for us. But to be able to play it, I think, would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. Maybe when we get moved into our new set, we'll do a special Patreon video. That would be fun. We'll do it on our Discord where we play play Clue. We'll have a top-down camera that you you can see the board game, (laughs) the board at all times. That's a great thing. Yes. I, well, I never played the game. So, again, I, okay. you, I it's it's pop culture. Everyone knows Clue. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that it's like, oh, who done it? Was it the... And there's a murder mystery dinners all over the world. You know, like, that's yeah. a thing that people go to. So I knew what this was about, but I found myself just being like, oh, fine, fucking Clue. Like, well, we'll get it over with. And And, like, as this movie went on, I was completely into it, mm-hmm. like, from the start. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I was just like, <laughs> like it, it got, it got, whatever it would meant to do, it got me like, and I was ready to roll. I didn't need to know anything about the game. Never played the game. I didn't care. I was ready to roll. Do you think it's maybe because of the, like the Hill House vibes? Well, let me ask you this. So they said something about how the, the Hill House was, it was named Hill House after the director, right? Or uh, what do you, would you say? Jonathan Lynn? No, Hill House is, I think, I think they based that off of like the, like the Hill House series, like Haunt, House and Haunted Hill and everything. No, uh, who's the who? Did, who's the you just said? Her. Oh, Deborah Hill. Deborah Hill. I heard that. that I heard that they actually just that. That's just the name they came up for the hill. Oh, with, well, with for the house. It's just like based off too. of that. But I tried to think about how that could possibly have some implications with like Hill House. Yeah. And yeah, something about every time you see something like this in a movie or a film, that first establishing shot where you turn a corner and yeah. it's there. I'm ready. Thunder. Thunder and lightning. Yeah. I'm ready. Like, th- is this a fall, like, Halloween season movie? I, I think kind of, man. I think you could definitely yeah. get that. It's like the, the October 1st movie yes. you watch, right? Yes. Like, like to start your season. Like, nice and easy. Get in there. Well, you know, also, yeah. too, I, it's, like, the thing. It's a contained, like, thriller. It's, it is a whodunit, Agatha Christie kind of style. You know, I, I'm a sucker for that. I'm a yeah. sucker for, like, the contained, like... One of us is not who they say they are, you know. Like, I, it's the thing. The the campiness, I think, is what really plays into that because it feels like the it feels like the time they're trying to portray, you know, yeah. like the fifties or like the mid fifties and stuff. It kind of has this vibe even on camera, and it's grainy and it's dark and um, the lightning strikes and all that good stuff. You know, it it adds to like a borderline black and white, almost like what young Frankenstein tries to Definitely. do. You know what I mean? Yes. That's like kind of the vibes I get out of it. And uh, and I really do like that about it. Have you guys ever done like a, a murder mystery dinner party thing? I kind of want to now. I've, I've done one and it was a blast. It was an absolute it's blast. Be. 
Um, like drinks involved and shit too, right? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you basically hang out and then all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, come on. True, true. Come on, man. I'm Please. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you don't need a drink to have fun as I'm, as I'm drinking <laughs> we whiskey. All, we all go no, for No, you don't need lives. a drink to have fun. You need a drink to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really what it comes down Pick to. Pick the hell of it is quit drinking. We do not have fun doing this ever. <laughs> this is it's completely just work. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and it's like it starts – what I did, it just started out as a dinner party essentially like a like friend. Did. And you were given kind of a note of who you are and everything. People knew had their own – Cool. Start, right? But then all of a sudden, something happens in the middle of this or like before or after dinner or like once dinner's done, a knock on the door. And and it starts the story. And then you guys just go with it. Yeah. And you just have to continue on and try to figure it out. I like it. And it's a lot of fun. And it kind of – the one that was – that I attended was kind of like this, that you're constantly – trying to guess who it could have been. Mm. And there's a lot of red herrings, of like communism, that <laughs> you have to kind of fight with, right? So it's a lot of fun. And I thought, I just thought back to that first, or that time I did that and saw this, I I was kind of immediately in. I was like, I'm, I'm on for this ride. And then you get Tim Curry, it's, and I'm definitely in. That's the thing, man. I think this is the best thing that I've seen him in. I get, and I know that it's his his favorite thing that he's done. It's him personally saying this is his favorite role or film he's been a part of. I couldn't agree anymore. Like, because I, I think every movie that he's in, like, he made Home Alone two, Home Alone two. Yeah, to me, totally. Like totally. that, you watch Home Alone two because Tim Curry's in that movie. <laughs> that 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 movie is different than Home Alone because Tim Curry's in that movie. Um, and I think this is he's just uproarious. And vibrant and vivacious, like the the whole movie is very very kinetic, yeah. like very fast. And I love like the 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 quick dialogue. I know uh, Jonathan Lynn had the cast uh, watch His Girl Friday, which has that snappy dialogue, kind of like Kevin Smithish. Yeah, um, yes. He has that snappy dialogue, and it's, so does this movie. It, it moves so fast. It, it does. It's like a, a it reads and and goes like a play. Yeah. And I would love to let the whole time I said I was just sitting there thinking, I wish. I could watch this on a stage yeah. with this exact same cast, the set, everything. Somehow I wish I could watch this on live, a stage. kind of watch yes, it happen. 100%. You were talking about the feel of it. I, I didn't I didn't catch the feel of the 1950s in the – it still felt 80s to me in a weird way. Mm. But the one way that I really did feel that this was from the 50s was was the the, the glimpse into the old days of where if you pick up a woman on the side of the road, then you are automatically dating. <laughs> Oh yeah, like yeah, you're like oh, you're allowed course. to grab her ass and stuff. Like, well, yes. I picked her up from the side of the road, so yeah. now she's mine now. She's I mine saved, now. I, I saved her, her life. Yeah. So. I, that's where I got the '50s vibe more so yeah. than the the yeah. lighting and the costumes. Owning and stuff. another human being, yes, yeah. just yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to just grab her ass, just because you. Well, you already you just saved her ass, so well, now that ass is yours. Come on, now. that that, uh, ass, that ass is. She mine. didn't have <laughs> the grass or cash. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, did you did you guys have to look up? If Butler was short for Buttle, <laughs> no, <Because laughs> to Buttle, it it, 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 it is, is it is true. I Buttle. It's like he goes, well, what's a Butler do? I I, I Buttle. I Buttle. <laughs> yeah, like that's uh, it's beautiful, beautiful I, dialect. This whole movie, The mm. Maid. I I just saw The Maid, uh, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, mm. But also, she is Mrs. Vanderhoff in Wayne's World. Colleen Camp. Really? Yeah. Might I just add, your wife is a stone cold babe, and she is. Holy Whoa. shit! Her her tits alone make this PG thirteen. Yeah, like this. Mo- How is this movie PG? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That it's, might be the greatest 
rack on in screen history. It's got. It's speaking of Young Frankenstein, it, it'll it'll uh, have competition with uh, Terry Gar and and Young Frankenstein. For I'm me. talking unknown nipple, no nipple yeah, rack. Right. On yeah. te- are, like, do we think so? Is this the number one best set? It's I. You know, Terry Gar made me heterosexual, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. This is definitely second for me. This is two bowls of jello just in in lacy bowls. It's just just that's all you can see is just this dancing thing. It's they've got a mind of their own and you're right they they probably tipped this over the edge uh into PG-13. On top of that, she's such a great actress too. She's you know, she you know, is. she's plays a part really well. Her personality is just <laughs> Come on, guys. Just, just dancing right along well, with it. Well, I'm sure you guys, them. you guys read that she was not Colleen Camp was not the first choice. I mean, there was like they were throwing around names like like Demi Moore, Madonna was all supposed to play this part, but she showed up in the French maid outfit oh, right to her audition. And I guess somebody said Jonathan Lynn basically said there was no avoiding it. Yeah. That was his quote. Was like. You're you're it literally it. and figuratively. Yeah, <laughs> and I like they do play on that quite a bit through the movie where those things are like, I mean the camera's right there yeah. and their faces are right there and that is just that is just what they it know is. what they got they got to put something on screen and it's also <laughs> it's also important to note that it's it's definitely on purpose to draw your attention away yeah you know so that way you have to second guess yourself throughout yes. this whole movie yes. about who was where and who did this and what how, who had this we're item is he watching that correct you know and then we get Madeline Kahn <sighs> god damn guys like i think i know we talk about scene stealing people and madeline khan is like young frankenstein yeah. uh she's she's mrs. just mrs mrs, mrs. White, white right that's right yep. yeah so. just incredible i mean everyone's incredible in this it's hard to pick one out but they all have their moment but madeline khan steals it every time for me a cast like this it's really hard not to want to watch everybody mm-hmm. you know almost all this all the time like and since i Figured it was a whodunit. There were times that I was kind of winding back to watch different people in the scene. And everyone is great when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's the timing of this and the way that it is put together. Again, it just takes me right back to just watching this as a stage show play production. As they're sitting down in the chairs or like as they're meeting each other and they're snapping that dialogue back and forth. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. They all do so well at it. But again – not to outdo the campiness yes. that is supposed to be here. Supposed to be. You're supposed yeah. to not know that it is. Yeah. Like, but it is. Right. It's totally subconscious campiness. It's, it's like the perfect way to get it done. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's like McKean gets there and he's like, sit. It's like, oh, sorry, the dog. But yeah. he actually sits. It's it's kind of on par with, I'm trying to think of, uh, it is it is really on par with uh, like a lot of Mel Brooks or like Definitely. Zucker Brothers and that type of dialogue that they just want to wash over. Yeah. You know, I think it's great. McKean's Mr. Green might be other than Tim Curry's performance. It might be my next favorite. I think so. His, his like clumsiness, how many times he just, and like water spills all over the place. Like (laughs) he's really good in this from the minute he's, they're all, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every single one of them are great, but he might be my next favorite performance if you're if you're ranking them yeah michael michael mckean can be a scene stealer for sure definitely what was the thing that women did back in the day they had like the mosquito net down on their face was like a fishnet kind of thing was that like that mrs white was wearing yeah what Uh, what is why 
well, why are we doing this? Well, I think I think it's weird that you're calling that out because our queen uh, in Beetlejuice um, wears it in her first scene. It's true. I mean, you know? yeah, I mean, it's definitely sexy. <laughs> it's something. She's of, in mourning. She's still. in mourning. Oh, do you think so? Uh, oh. I think it's that. Wait, that, really? That her husband died more recently. She came straight from uh. the funeral. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have time to change. Uh, I just. <laughs> That's <laughs> I good. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's fun. It also, I think those those the net helps catch the tears of mourning. <laughs> That's what the whole thing was. Um, but yeah, I I like uh, I, I've got to mention. Uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and in maybe his most non-Christopher Lloyd yeah. performance ever. It sort I? of throws me off a little bit. Yeah, that the thinking this came out the same year as Back to the Future that he mm, played exactly his biggest iconic best role. All of a sudden, he's like a, a like a a woman a womanizing a womanizing nerd professor. Yeah. That yeah, like it, it's sort of weird, yeah. but I, but he's great and he's fantastic in it. Does a great job. So I, I could have well. seen I could have seen someone else maybe in that role. Yeah, and sure. it wouldn't have it wouldn't have messed anything up for me. And I think it's only it's the only reason it like damages the image of him doing that is because of everything else yes. we've seen already. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. I like the. Uh, uh, Mrs. Peacock, kind of like her speech, like, and the soup is really good too. And, uh, and then this, well, if yeah, I'll I'll take advantage and, and start talking. Everyone's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all we all know someone like yes. that. Like you've met someone in your life that just cannot stop talking. Absolutely, they just have to avoid silence at all costs. Like no one, <laughs> this person just can't have silence. They can't live in nope. silence. They can't be comfortable in it, and they will fight tooth and nail to. Get out of silence. That's where I like though these all these alternate endings. I do always find a little bit of mistrust in someone that that can't just sit back and just be like, yeah, hundred percent. So so it works with what ending number one maybe or number two I whatever. Was, I think it was number two, one or two. What whoever wherever she was the one that sort of works because she's there going, uh, is this about the thing that I did? Yeah, right. like you know, oh shit, let's find out what everybody's doing here. Oh, I didn't do that. I, yeah. I have nothing to hide. I don't know why anybody would want to blackmail me and, and shifty eyes. Hit it! If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> this this guy literally has the face of a snake, and I don't even know how the hell you do that, right? How do you how do you actually look like a snake? Like your eyes are like on the side of your head, and you're like you're, you're kind of a pointy snout and like a slithering i imagine his tongue comes out really weird yeah are we talking about wish.com alec baldwin yeah okay <laughs> i just wanted to make sure just as devious yeah yeah i, I knew there was no as, there's no other mind. choice for punchable face in this movie than mr body right yeah leaving yeah. i i hate his performance so much he's definitely not an actor he's he was the front man of punk rock band fear Fear, dude fuck yeah who i I knew you would know i don't know that's that's not even the last front person that we're gonna get in this movie but i just don't i don't understand when you have this cast why why him because he's not good and 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 i say this like People are like, well, why don't you try acting? The reason I'm saying this is because that's how I act. I am a terrible actor. And that would be what I would how I would be in this movie. And so I can call out my own. Like, you're just not good, man. He's one of those guys, like if you've ever made anything and like tried to have someone who's, you know, like maybe you're like making like a documentary or like a just a video on something. And the the person, the subject you're filming is like smiling the whole time. Because they're nervous to be on camera. That's what this guy looks like. Yeah, like he looks like he's like. <laughs> he does this weird like thing with his eyes where he keeps looking yes. at everybody, and you're like, like certain times I can tell that it works, 
because he's, when he's not talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then other times, like, especially like when he jumps at, I forget who he jumps at. Um, uh, one of them, I think yeah. Martin mole. Yeah. Um, like he does the eye thing to him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of uh, hits him, and it's like, like it, that was their best take. He does. They got, yeah. they do they this, got out of him. They yeah. do this Three Stooges thing, and they're like, "God, thank God this movie's campy because we're not going to be able to fix that." I was what terrified. I was terrified, like after this, too, when because uh, I hadn't seen it. I was terrified that, like, when the lights went out and like I heard a gunshot, I'm like, they didn't really kill Tim Curry, did they? I know. Yeah, I will leave this movie right now. Yeah, if it's not leaving. Well. Before you even got to that, this was this was maybe the only issue that I saw with this movie in in a, in a filmmaking way, and I think it's because of Lee Ving. Is there's some dialogue, there's some audio issues mm-hmm. when they get it when he gets up and tries to run to the door, mm-hmm. they they completely overdubbed him, which also I think they overdubbed Tim Curry at some point too, because Tim Curry says something and it's not Tim Curry. Mm. Like you're watching him say, and you're like, that's not his voice. Oh man. It's right when they're, he's trying to get out of the door and they're trying to, it, it just feels like he fucked it up so bad that they had to just do the best they could with that scene. Yeah. Fix it in post. Yeah. Cause it's weird. If you go back and listen to it, he, his audio isn't even syncing up and, and that whatever um, he says, it's something about like, um, uh yeah I I don't have it. It, it it's something about where he's like you know we can't be le- you can't be leaving here and, it, and he looks right at the camera and it's a different voice it's a different <laughs> it's not voice. even Tim Curry oh, I'm so glad he's the first one out because if we had to suffer <laughs> through that this movie would definitely not make it to a seven on IMDb yeah yes. it would it would it just wouldn't have worked nope. and maybe that was by design but I don't know like. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's because not well known where you have this in the rest of this cast of, of the the main cast is well known. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for the most part everyone is fairly well known at I mean, this point, right? I mean Maybe it is by design because the character's name is literally Mr. Body. Yeah. He's a disposable character. Correct. He's the first one to go. Maybe exactly. maybe he's like leaving. maybe yeah. It's it <laughs> it is a play. I mean, you it it is definitely a play on on the game. It's we need it, you need to define where the dead body is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dead Here body. He there he is. Fantastic. You still could have got, like, Michael J. Fox to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. I don't care. Oh, he was filming five other movies at the time. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, I think you got, you know, I'm, I'm going to blackmail you. <laughs> Come on, Biff. Ah, <laughs> uh, gee, I don't know, Boof. Ah, uh, man, I don't know, Boof. <laughs> <laughs> My friends, it is finally time that we have the talk. A lot of people look at me and they think, man, that guy has it all. The podcast is blowing up. My band is playing to sold out crowds. I just had a beautiful, healthy daughter. But truthfully, I'm going to be honest, I run myself really thin. With so many things on my plate, it's easy for one negative social media interaction or one bad episode or show to send me into an anxious overwhelmed version of myself that I hate so much. I used to just internalize it, but it never, ever helped. 40 years later, here I am finally getting turned on to therapy, and it's the best decision I've ever made about my mental health. Being able to sit down with a professional and talk about your life is an absolutely incredible tool to maintaining happiness. Things like learning how to say no, figuring out and avoiding what my triggers are, and focusing on the important things in life are 
pretty much what I have started to take away from therapy, and I consider them some of the most important lessons I've ever learned. I won't lie, I still struggle quite a bit, but whenever I feel like I'm falling into a funk, I am quickly energized by my therapy session. I feel like a new man, and honestly, that energy and happiness then compounds completely into my daily life. If you've ever been curious about giving therapy a try, better help is an incredible option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You don't even have to leave your house. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't feel like they're a good match, you just switch at any time with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash confusedbreakfast today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash confusedbreakfast. Please support this incredible sponsor who's helping this podcast out, and they'll be helping you out. I'm serious. Try therapy. It's amazing. Let's move this on to scene two here. So Mr. Body, in return, suggests they kill Wadworth instead to avoid exposure and humiliation. Body is shot when the lights turn out. Later, the cook, Mrs. Ho, is found dead, stabbed with the dagger, and Mr. Body's body disappears, only to be rediscovered dead again, but with new injuries from a candlestick. This is where we we just get the unhinged back and forth of characters after... uh, uh, Mr. Body is a body. And I like there's just so many quotable lines to me. I don't even know them all. I, I want to watch this movie 500 yeah. more times to even catch some of them. Dude, the I got to say, like, after this movie, I felt funnier. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like I could, like, take on the world after watching this. And it felt great. And I think it's just because of the snappy dialogue and it's so smart. Like, trying to make me look stupid in front of these guests, you won't need help from me. He's like, that's right. That's right. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's so good. It's, is is it sort of like they're all so self-important that none of them are hearing what the other person's saying? Very true. Is that yeah. kind of how that's working? It's very much like American Psycho. Yeah. Like they're just all above having to care about anyone else in this room except for themselves. Yeah. And they, why do they care? You know. And you get that moment that when they find the dead cook. The dead cook falls out of the freezer. And Michael McKeon. Like, everyone watches the body fall out into his army. He goes, I didn't do it. It's yeah. like, hey, we, we saw it. Okay, somebody help me, please. <laughs> somebody, somebody help, help me, please. <laughs> and, and there is something special about this, because really, what is there? Eight, Mr. Body dies, we have eight characters for the yes. most part, right? Not including the people that show up. There's something special. What do you call that? Like an ensemble, ensemble cast? Mm-hmm. There's something special about that where this you're going to live and die on this. Like, if you do not have the right people in place... This will not work because we are, this is all we have. We have this house and these eight people that need to carry us for another hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And they do. They do a great job doing that. I mean, just having to interact with each other, even, even again, coming back and like, all right, everybody sit down. And like, Mr. Green is just trying to find a place to sit constantly. And (laughs) he just, everybody keeps sitting right in front of him. And then when he finally leans against that table, it eventually just breaks out from under him. There's always a payoff at the end of every single one of these jokes, you know, that they don't mind taking the time to, to, to plan out, you know, it's really, really well done. You you know what a modern way they could have done this is they could have done a eight different cuts of this movie where, where it's each cut is following the one character around. Oh yeah. Because, when those scenes are, when there's eight people in a scene and you're just looking at, if you, you could have a ex- different experience looking at a different actor, kind of like how we said, watch Dumb and Dumber, but only watch Jim Carrey yeah. and right. then watch it and only watch, uh, uh Mrs. White or whoever. 
Well, or well, Jeff Daniels. Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I was, oh, God, I, okay. like Jeff, I was saying Jeff Bridges. I'm like, that's Jeff, not Jeff Bridges. That ain't him. <laughs> Jeff Daniels. Yeah, you, you could have a different experience. So that would be a really cool, like, if the the same dialogue and movie happened, but it would the camera was on like one character throughout. Netflix is waiting to fucking pay for this because Let's go. Like, that would be a like great eight. Yeah, eight, right. Eight or nine eight. kind of episode if, uh, event. If you, if you could get cool. like episode one is the start of it, Set and up. and it, it, the finish is just the first death. Yeah, you know, boom! You now have eight more episodes at least yeah. to follow all those. Ryan characters. Johnson, get in there and Please do it. Please and thank you. Let's yep. do it, man. And some I was thinking about something that this movie does really good is kind of like the jump scares. Sure. It does it really effectively where you're you're going into this like you know what this movie's about. There's no hiding what this movie's about. Everyone knows. I went into it going, "Oh, okay, they're they're all going to go into the house and we're going to have to figure out who did it." Yeah. And I hadn't even played the board game. Right. So so you're expecting something and and they do these nice little just little jump scares, you know, like uh Mr. Body falling out of the bathroom door. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a little jump scare moment yeah. where it's not like over the ridiculous top like some kind of modern horror movies are but it's just like a little yeah, effective I, boom i gotcha. think you're right it's definitely like a pre-horror movie it's like a, it's a you know more or less a comedy horror movie right? yeah more yeah more a capitalized comedy and like you lowercase almost, horror you, you almost know? feel like they could have gotten really gory and bloody with it and made it R. sure yeah like, and, that, and, and then, then they could even like have more jokes on top of that yeah like, i think that's funny shit like seeing someone getting their head cut off in a funny way is <laughs> fun you know it's really it would have been really easy to make this a scary movie but at no point did i think no like oh oh this Ugh. is terrifying yeah oh no too spooky not a big fan of this this is too spooky uh, <laughs> uh i didn't feel that way at all during this this like whole thing though you know um, I have a prop, by the way. Oh, you like I have a prop to hit there? this button. Ooh, here's a prop. I want the doorbell. Oh, that would shit. be so cool. The the pull chain doorbell. Yeah. I loved that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when you're not gonna love that is when like 9 p.m. Amazon guy shows up late on a delivery <laughs> and drops a package <laughs> off and wakes your baby up by oh, ringing this giant bell. Right. Well. Maybe keep it till when he gets older. Okay, yeah. So keep it. Like, yeah. take it now, uh-huh. but then just don't put it up yet. Okay. Okay, I like that. I'm up for that. What do you Mike, got, Sean? You go. No, you go first, man. No, you go. You go you, first. Because I don't have one, and I know you don't have one. Okay, well, no, I have one. Okay. My prop, I want the decanter and the glass set that they have on set there. Nice. Okay. And okay. the reason I want that is because I want to put cedar ridge whiskey inside of it oh yes <laughs> because there is no better whiskey to drink when you're on a murder mystery tour yeah. you're in a house really opulent house you got these really fancy people around you and you need a drink we, we need a drink really need a drink. we got to have a drink yeah. you put your cedar ridge you get something fancy like their single barrel collections you get their quintessential american single wall you put it in the decanter you put it in a nice glass you serve it to your friends mm-hmm. and you said let's figure out let's figure out what happened here? Why don't we just slow down? Why don't we guys? just slow down and talk about this? Just take it easy. Have a seat. Sip on some Cedar Ridge. Figure out who done it. <laughs> That's nice, usually what I do. Nice casual right? time. Just a nice casual time. So <laughs> you gotta go to your local distributor. We talk about them every time we drink Cedar Ridge. It's what powers us through these episodes. Dude. We think that if you're gonna drink it responsibly, it's gonna power you through your whatever you want to do. Yeah. So you go check them out. You ask your local distributor for some Cedar Ridge whiskey. 
or you go online, cedarridgewhiskey.com, order it straight to your door in most states. Um, there's going to be some cool, there may be some uh, <coughs> confused breakfast particular yeah. barrel collections coming out here. Who knows? That you might be able to order straight to your door. So I'm just saying. Who knows? CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 That's why I wanted you yep. to do a prop first, yeah, Sean. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. White's face cover thing. <laughs> it's just oh, Sean will look good in that. He's not going to wear it on his face. Yeah, I will. Oh. Keep mosquitoes away and stuff. Oh, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, that's very practical. And keep the flies away. Yeah. Most vulnerable part about a man. <laughs> I did like that moment for Tim Curry. Uh, the butler or Mr. Body had just fallen out of the bathroom. It's like, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. <laughs> yes. He gets knocked in the head. I also like that it's uh, uh, when they find uh, the cook who's dead. It's like, let's get her, let's pick up her body and put her into the other room. It's like, why? It's like, because I'm the butler. I like to keep the kitchen tight. It's like, <laughs> It's just, it's just, just all plenty of practical reasoning to just make jokes. Yeah. I didn't even hear that that line. Like, there's so many lines. I, I that's news to me that that was a lot. It was like the there's there's somebody in like a uh, I think it's Mr. Body who's like changed positions or something because yeah. he he actually gets killed not from the gunshot. He's like nobody can get in that position. Oh, sure they can. Let me show you. Yeah, and like <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Christopher like, Lloyd. Damn, dude. Yeah, just bends, <laughs> flexes her up and over. You're just like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? So scene three, a stranded motorist arrives and is locked in the lounge. Colonel Mustard proposes they split into pairs and search the house to make sure no one else is there. While they're searching, the motorist is killed with the wrench. A police officer investigating the motorist's abandoned car arrives and comes inside to use the phone. Speaking of just like kind of throwaway jokes, I don't know why I found this so funny, but um, uh, Colonel Mustard, um, Martin Mole. He comes in after like some, I think the whole whatever whole debacle with Mister Body, and he's like, "Anybody else want a whiskey?" He pours himself one, and then it cuts to another shot of him, and he's just like, "Dude, <laughs> dude. no!" He goes, I don't know why. he like n- nicely pours himself a glass. Does anyone else want something? He just goes. <laughs> It's like he's pouring shots for people at a bar. He's like, I don't know why I thought that was so fucking. It was, funny. It was <laughs> and it doesn't. It doesn't need to be like that. Is not a thing that needs to be. There. No, not at all. But is it hilarious? It's absolutely one of the funnier times I laughed in the movie. Yeah, I was just watching it before I got here. My fiance and I were like, "Why is that funny? Why is that funny? I don't understand why I'm laughing at this." I love it. There's other. There's other subtleties though too. Like they they break up the matchsticks, right? <laughs> and, and they have that scene where they all pick their matches. And it, and it's kind of a long scene of silence. There's no music. Yeah. There's no talking. They're just going, oh, like they're, like they're comparing the matchsticks. Yeah. Then it cuts to them. They're all, they all drop their matches and leave. But, but Yvette's still, still holding, has her, the long one. She's holding her match. <laughs> and that, Christopher Lloyd's walking up to everyone. He's got this tiny one. He holds it up to her. <laughs> just to see. <laughs> Like this Does it difference. work? No, shit, it doesn't yeah, work. No, I guess it's just me and you. She walks for like the next 10 minutes of the movie still holding. Holding on to that thing. And speaking of which, I generally don't like uh, French accents sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I like hers in this movie. Because it it is, it's she's faking this accent, yeah. right? Is what we're learning. But that over the top, isn't there the joke of the like, uh, you need to use the bathroom? You go, wee wee. Yeah, wee wee. <laughs> no, yeah. no. <laughs> no, I just need to powder my nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of her, I, I do like the joke as well. He's like, I'm afraid of the dark. Will anyone go with me? I will. I will. And then Michael McKean's like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. No, thanks. So, yeah, it's. It, I think it's kind of interesting because this is when we 
you, I was thinking that we were just going to basically just have these people in the movie. And now we're new people are starting to get introduced here. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's adding a lot more of the misdirection, right? Cause now we've got this motorist coming in. It, it creates this moment of like, they, everybody in the house was all against each other. And now it's like them versus the outside world. All yeah. of a sudden there's this weird <laughs> shifting of, of power in how this movie's going. But yeah, this motorist, what he, he comes in, he goes into the lounge and they lock him in there. Yeah. And then he get he gets hit with the he gets killed with the wrench, but he says something like it keeps dropping those clues. He says, like, ah, oh, it was my boss. I I noticed I recognize one of them. My boss, my one of my, my old, old boss. Yeah, like I I loved it. I by this point in the movie, I am fully on board of like going, I have no clue. And I'm realizing that I haven't been paying attention. So I'm like, I don't I don't yeah. know who did it, but yeah. I don't even care. Let's go. That's exactly it. And I don't even know if you're supposed to. I don't even know if there is like a definitive answer. I think the fact that they have three different um, endings to this is enough clue at the end, I guess, to say you can pay attention. You can pick it apart. It's not going to be like the thing where you don't get an answer. <laughs> yeah. We gave you three answers, meaning <laughs> it literally can be anyone. Yeah. And at the end, in one of those things, most of them are guilty, right? So it's it's fun to think about, but at the same time, it's not worth going back and like diving in and being like, oh, no, it's definitely no, this right person. There. Because if you recognize so-and-so wasn't there when they went into the other room, and then the other person who wasn't there when they were in the kitchen was this It's like, don't even try. Yeah. You know, it's not worth your time. It's like it somehow they created a movie that it's completely fine to follow along with this whodunit and not try to figure it out. Yeah. In my mind. I agree. Especially like when they're splitting up, there's so many jokes on, in this as well where they're all, you know, afraid of each other, like trying like not trying not to put their backs towards one another at all, you know. And then you got the maid and McKean. What's it? White? Uh, McKean's green. Green, McKean yeah, green. that's right. Uh, uh, the maid and Mister Green both don't want to go up to the attic, and it it cuts from them at like the bottom of the stairs, wanting to go up, and then yeah. cuts to a different group, and then comes back to them. <laughs> and they're still there. And they're still there, <laughs> and then goes away again. It's like goddamn. It's it's really really smart. Like the, the all, all those pieces. It's it's incredibly smart comedy. Um, it, somewhat and sometimes presented in kind of a dumb way, but it yeah. works out. Uh, just perfectly. Mm -hmm. Even who was who was a uh, Miss um, Scarlet? Who was Miss Scarlet with? Or no, no, no it was Miss White was with um, Mole Colonel. What, Colonel what, Mustard. I don't remember who who was there, but they were of um, the, the maybe the main the second floor, and they did that move where they both walked into the room at the same time and then jumped back out. Oh, that was at each White other. and Plum. Okay, yeah. yeah. I I those moments are cool because you think about you think about going behind the scenes that how how accurate how many times yeah. they probably had to run that. To yes. go, come on, we need you at the exact same time to to land on your left foot looking back towards the other person. And yeah. it's perfectly done. I mean, like, speaking of all of that, too, like, you got to, like, Jonathan Lynn is a, he he's a stage director. Uh, and so, he, oh. like, I mean, it's kind of perfect for this. But, you know, he makes it cinematic. He doesn't just put a camera on an ensemble, you know. He he does, like, kind of push-ins on, on one character and, like, comes out. But, like, to, to direct something like this or like the thing or like the hateful eight, like you got this ensemble, like we discussed, John Carpenter was afraid to shoot a scene where there was eight people standing around talking. It's like, that's a nightmare. You know, what, yeah. where am I going to put the camera? How do I make this interesting? And I think he makes it 
not even just interesting, but it makes it fucking hilarious where he puts the camera. Yeah. And this starts to show like the secret passageways. Did you ever, was that ever a thing like as a kid where you wished you had secret passageways and stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 My cousin's house had a secret passageway. No kidding. They kill people or something? I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, I don't think so. I mean, they're not that I heard about, but it was nuts. <laughs> they lived in this really old, like, true three story house. Like, the attic was a full story. And it was in St. Louis. And from from the attic, you could go into a room that spiral staircased all the way down to the basement. Holy shit! That had on every floor, it had like you could see through like a grate into the into each room that it was going Whoa. down through. And Why then would came you... out. I don't know. I, I don't. I forget what the reasoning was. It might have been like a like a butler staircase or something. Oh sure, like, sure. Where there was just access to all the all the rooms without walking through the house. Service yeah. staircase. But there was no lights in there. So as kids, we were in there just being like, oh. the only light was coming from the grates on each floor. Yeah, that's awesome. It was creepy, dude. But it was. I like. I love the minute that I started thinking about secret passageways. I was like, that's cool. That uh, is super cool. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved that they put this in there because at, at first. I was wondering if they were going to mention this, but then as the movie was going on, I completely forgot that they existed. Uh, the like in the board game because of the the secret passageways, yep. and then they did it, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I'm so glad they did this. Like incorporated this in because, um, and then because it well, obviously it adds so much to Tim Curry's performance later, later on, on in the movie. But yeah, I thought it was a super cool thing to bring in. Well, did you read that apparently the attention to detail was precise? Yeah. Where the secret passages in the movie lead to the same rooms that they do in the board games, uh, which I think is amazing that they even thought to make the layout of the house the exact same way as yeah. the board game. Yeah, I, I think um, I I love it. I wish I wish they would come out with like another game, like another Clue game, like this, like the of this. This era that was like multiple stories yeah. of a house that oh, you cool. could for a board game. Oh, true. I would That'd love really that cool. so much, man. It would be so much fun to play. I, they, it's it's almost frustrating because I'm frustrated with myself because there, there's like a point where you're like, man, they they really do have a great attention to detail in this. It's like they're kind of living up to the game at this point in my mind. Yeah, as the guy who was avoiding it this whole time. So <laughs> wow, oh wow, look at this. You know what? <laughs> You should give them more credit. Those Parker brothers. I'll give them a good rating <laughs> on the podcast. You know what? I'm going to go on IMDb. <laughs> tell people to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check this one out. Hey, you know what? It's pretty accurate to the game. But it is It is like a good, on directing level too, directing these actors, giving you a sense of space is hard to do. Like you really, yes, you are, if you have played the game, you are familiar with like the layout of the of the board game. And where all the rooms are and everything, but like if you're just watching this and really haven't played the game, I I know where the the lounge is, or yeah. I know where the kitchen is. You know, I whenever they go in there, I'm like, yeah, that's like to, that's that's where they go yeah, right there. It's like to the left or right, you know, whatever. It's a it's a good good touch. Well, let's move on to scene four. So the guests resume their search of the mansion. The electricity is then turned off. Yvette, the cop, and a singing telegram girl are subsequently murdered. Is this where they're like? This is the cop comes in, right? And the, the cop they, came in in the last scene, yeah, so he's okay. there. Yeah, they stage it where like they're making out with dead bodies. Oh my Dude. god, <laughs> it's so funny, Whoa. morbidly funny as hell. How if you if you want to make, oh man, you're trying to turn these deaths into something funny, and then 
Oh, this is a weird way to do it, man. There's nothing going on here. These folks are just having a good time. They're just having a good time. This, this is America, America man. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that turn. That co- I really like that cop. He's I really good. I don't know. Was he ever any? Did you recognize I, him from anything? Maybe vaguely. I didn't pull him somewhere. from anything. I just thought it was really funny, and that's certainly not where seeing this for the first time, I thought they were going to take it. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> like tries to keep the the cook's eyes open as yeah. he's making out with her. Oh my gosh, dude! dude. In that's it's too much. Like, and it, this this also speaks to it as well that they've been searching the house now for how long? You know, for at least a decent amount of time. And you should probably be bored by now. You know, like you should probably be bored to some degree. That like, okay, well, yeah, we're just running over the same old things. We didn't find anything? And we haven't found anything. We're not figuring anything else out. We're just figuring out like more little reasons to blame somebody else. But for some reason, you're just still engaged. Yeah. I think it might be like the Trey Parker kind of thing where it's, you know, maybe not his thing, but the thing he follows where it's like, this happens, but this happens. But this happens. You know, like, but the cop comes in and like someone kills him. You know, it just, it keeps adding problem after problem. Yeah. And I, to do that, you keep the story interesting, you know. I, I like that Mr. Green was just basically ready to just give it all up. You know, at that point, he's he's just like, uh, no, no, come on in. Yes, you should. You can definitely use the phone. It's like, he, like <laughs> was he just, he's just, he's just ready to give up. He's just like, please, for the love of God, like, just come into this house, cop. Please come in. I want you here, and you need to figure this all out now. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: So of the of the eight main characters, we're not including Mister Body here because he's not oh. a real actor, right? Um, <laughs> he's just a body. Eight eight main characters, seven of them were either nominated for an Oscar or an Emmy in their career. Seven out of eight of them. Do you know who the who the one who did not have an Oscar or an Emmy nomination was? Out of all of those eight main characters. Is it Martin Mole? Martin Mole did. Wow. Michael McKean? Yeah, he did too, of course. Wait, I'm going to go... Was it Tim Curry? No, Tim, Curry, Tim Curry had oh, a few Emmy. I think he won an Emmy, maybe. Okay. Too. I, I would have burned something down. I know. Oh, I don't we know. We already took Mr. Body out of the equation here. I so. know Mrs. Peacock, What her? she's been yep. nominated for Academy Award, I think. Um, Man. Oh, uh, duh, the maid. Colleen Camp. Yeah. yeah. Colleen Camp. She didn't win anything for Wayne's World. Or oh, this damn. <laughs> she may have won some different awards. You don't but say. Not, a, not an Oscar. She, she got an Emmy. award on this podcast. She sure did. <laughs> We gave you number one, number one rack in any movie of all time, non nipple. Yeah, and and Mike <laughs> specifically, Mike liked your your French accent though. I think you're just living out his fantasy, one yeah. of his fantasies, but that's fine. Yeah, my wife said the same thing. She's like, yeah, nice, nice. I'm like I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, do you want to watch it again? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Should we rewind when she's dancing alone? <laughs> or or I mean, they were they were pretty precise. In fact, the the electricity goes out, and she comes down the steps. And and just the lighting, they had like these window, like moonlight coming through windows, sort mm-hmm. of on her. So where she'd be in the dark, and then she'd come yeah. through a pile, pocket of light and into the dark, and, and the light was always just right at her. That's <laughs> <Right. laughs> just all the way. You knew who it was. <laughs> I want to talk about the singing okay, telegram girl because I think this is a moment that I laughed out loud, basically by myself. I'm pretty sure I startled my my napping son because I cackled a little bit. When, when they're going through and these deaths happen because they happen pretty quickly, yeah. um, like the cop, uh, who gets who gets first, Yvette, uh, Yvette, then strangled. the cop, well, the 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 motorist, the cop, yep, 
The motorist, Yvette, the cop, the cop, and then the telegram. And girl. then just random out of the blue is just the, this door opens and it's like, hey, it's me with your singing telegram. <laughs> Shuts door. I am <laughs> your singing telegram. <laughs> it, it took me by complete surprise. I, I loved it. I loved it so much. I, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm sure everybody wants to do during, with a, a singing telegram. Yeah. Like, come on. It's like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And the <laughs> fact that they just open the door, give her one line, shoot her, and then close the door again is amazing to me. I it's, love it. It's our second weirdly like musician front woman in this movie is uh, Jane Wyland from the Go-Go's. Oh, really? Yeah. Who, it's so weird. Oh Who, also her second appearance on the show. Really? Anybody? Um, this is Jane Wyland's second get, second acting spot on a movie we've done. What? She was Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, wow. Remember? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Just these weird little roles. Wow. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, I do that. Yeah. She's a better actress than uh, Lee Ving. Lee oh, Ving. <laughs> I'm glad he left. But, who's, who's better at acting dead? I don't know. Uh, I don't know yeah. <laughs> but this is this is kind of interesting. You're talking about all these deaths just happened now. They're not even they're not even shocked anymore. No. Oh yeah. my god, yes. It's so great how it's just like, oh whatever. Like, they oh, walk no, in we're good. on a vet. We're good. There's still three dead three yeah, dead bodies. In yeah. There. They walk in on a vet and just go. They walk in, they're just like Yeah. I guess I'm not even surprised anymore. And then they go and the cops said they're like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's probably, I guess, how it would be and if you were actually in this situation. Just be like, put them with the others. Put them with the others. There's also another. There's another subtle line, and I don't even know who says who says it. I think they. I think it's after they discover the singing telegram girl dead on the on the porch, and somebody just says, "Wow, this is really getting serious." <laughs> it's now it's getting serious. It's like it's serious after the first one. Like, I just it was serious it. before you guys even came to the house. Yeah, no. serious accusations oh, on everyone. It's really getting serious. <laughs> well, what do you say we do? Last scene. Let's huh? do it. Yeah. So, last scene. Wadsworth thinks he knows who the killer is and recreates the events of the night. We are shown three different endings in the theatrical release. This I've, is just incredible. I have to say, first and foremost, I don't know if it's if it's lazy, just adding to the campiness or whatever it is. But they basically come away from the door after they've stacked the bodies. I hilarious to me. That's just like a term, body stacking. Hey, Drowning stack, pool. Stack the bodies in the in the <laughs> you know lounge or whatever it is. Um, so, but he comes through and he says, "The gun, the, the gun's gone. I know who did it." <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that was the final clue he that's needed. It. It's all he needed. The gun's gone. Now I know who did it. Now I know. So that's it. <laughs> we. This is just a powerhouse performance at this point. Yeah, and seems exhausting. Like even just watching it. Seems exhausting from an actor standpoint. Seems exhausting from his character standpoint. Um, I this is just such a, a treat. <laughs> oh, it is good. We don't see performers like this no anymore in movies. Do you it, talk about Tim Curry and this being his favorite thing? It's the most Tim Curry thing I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just it's it just is what he is meant to do. I feel like yeah. It, it yeah it's and, and it's like it's like 30 minutes almost like we're still maybe 20 to 30 minutes from the end of this movie because he's going to recreate the whole movie up and then up to our slice point of where all the different endings happen right. but there was something that i noticed on my last watch 
that I'm wondering if our audience out there, I know maybe you guys maybe didn't notice this, but I'm wondering if any longtime Clue fans ever noticed this, mm. but the the lights go out again. Uh, he's recreating. He's like, the butler, the, and the or no, um, uh, Mr. Body gets shot, and he turns the lights off, and then, remember, the lights go back on, and he's on the floor, and everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah, yeah. When the lights turn back on, um, uh, who, sorry, who's, um, who's Doc Brown's character? Uh, Mr. Plum. Mr. Professor Plum. Plum. Yeah, I, I wanted to call him Doc Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Plum, the lights turn back on, he's got red lipstick on. Like, smeared red lipstick over his mouth. Oh, okay. Which means the lights went out and he just grabbed a, grabbed a woman and started making Jesus. out with her. <laughs> Good lord. And I think it was Peacock, because Peacock's, like, in the background with him. Oh. And she has red lipstick on. Okay. It's, like, subtle, subtle, because right away it kind of cuts to him, and you can see this, like, red lipstick all over him. It <sighs> makes me, that's the kind of stuff that makes me wonder if they shot more endings. That, or there they, was they one. There to. was one other one that they shot and didn't include. Is that I know right? That. Do yeah. you remember what it was? I think it was Mr. Butler killed all of them. Wait, hold on. I I do have that one. It said it said Wadsworth committed all the murders out of a twisted need for perfection in his life. He yeah. reveals that he poisoned everyone with a slow acting toxin in their drinks. It ended with Wadsworth being killed by dogs as he attempted to escape by car from the house. And they Jeez. said they said the grim nature of the ending is probably why they never released it. But yeah. I'm guessing they shot it. I think they did shoot it. Yeah. Oh man, Tim Curry <laughs> can be to me can be the nicest person and and great hero like uh, of figuring this all out and the who done it vibe of yeah he works for J Edgar Hoover or something. <laughs> but then he his face can literally mold and twist into a supervillain. Yeah, it is. It's it's too good. It's too good. Well, I just love it so much. Through this whole thing too, where he's explaining all of this, and th- they just have callbacks to other jokes, yeah. such as like t- to make a long story short, too late, too late. <laughs> like, it's yes. so good. Like, Get on with it. Yeah. Like because it's ridiculous that he's doing this so fast. Yeah. But but they're also peppering in jokes as well. Yeah. And then Madeline, I think the only like. Uh, uh, improvised scene in this movie is Madeline Kahn doing the I just hate her. So much. <laughs> the f- flames. 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 Flames on my flames. face. And your face. And the sides and the face. And you just, <laughs> when, when you when you feel, and anyways. No, like, he, and he straight interrupts her, which is like what I was thinking. I was like, what is that? What is she talking about? And <laughs> anyway, and they just, did that feel out of place or did you like that? I loved that. I, I love that they just took a, a, a moment to break it up, though. Because like, it was going a little, and then all of a sudden it was like, the flames and the. I hated it so much. <laughs> so I, just, good. I felt like, and then the flames, uh, my face, the side of my face, <laughs> and, and the flames. they keep showing everyone else going. And then, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, okay, so let me ask you before we finish this, what was your favorite ending then? I Because what we're, let, let's recap them. Well, the, yeah, the first yeah. one was, because um, remember, if in case we didn't talk, we talked about that, where each theater, you didn't know what ending you were getting. So yeah. they, they planned on the whole recreation of Tim Curry up until a slice point. The evangelists show up at the house, door closes, and then he then there were three different endings. So number one, the first ending was um, Yvette murdered the cook and Mr. Body under orders from Miss Scarlet for who she used to work with. So this is the Miss Scarlet right. where she kills everyone. Um, and it's the one plus one plus yeah, dude. Yeah, one plus one plus two plus yeah, one, one plus two plus two plus one. Shut up! Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are no more bullets in that gun. 
<laughs> Frankly, Miss Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Yes, yep. yes. <laughs> and then ending number two uh, was Is Mrs. Peacock. Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yep, did all the murders. And that and- was that was supposed to be actually more dark too, because like when they when she was going outside to her car, the chief was like supposed to like shoot her because she was, she was like a, literally a murderer. And then, like as the as everyone else came out, the chief like turned around and like started like shooting her again, and like just like unloading Weird. his and gun. And then that was her. the freeze frame or something. Yeah, like it was that. like that. We're a little too dark. We're not gonna put that in the movie. And then, and then the third ending is the one where pretty much what everybody everybody yeah, had involvement in in it. I mean, what what was your what if you could only if this did not exist and there was just a ending to the movie to make it great? Which one is it? I. L- I love that everyone did it ending, and be, especially because Michael McKean, I think, has the best. Is that the best way to end? The best line, the best ending line to a movie I have ever seen. <laughs> Take him away, Chief. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. It's <laughs> 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 like shake, rattle, and roll starts because, playing. Because he's like, he's, he puts himself as gay in the movie. Yeah. And, like he's and just, being 1950s culture, yes. he's like, I can't let them know no, I'm no, gay no, any I'll longer. Sleep with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it was so fucking okay. funny. Okay, I'm, with, I'm fully with you, but I want somehow ending C to also somehow include the weird freeze frame with Martin Mole going... <laughs> like when the chandelier falls. Like, dude, I hate freeze frames, but I don't... If that movie had ended right there, I would have been like, yes! <laughs> So if you can somehow put that in there, okay, like okay, ready. He goes. Michael McKean uh, goes. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife, and then gun goes off. Chandelier falls, and he goes. He goes. Like that's that's my that's my ending right there. The the way that it would have to end for me is yes. uh, Unfortunately, with Wadsworth being a bad guy and all that, and putting it all together, and everybody dispersing the blame of everybody being involved except for Mr. Green. Right. Mm. I do for some odd reason. I also really. I think I think the worst ending is technically Miss Miss Peacock's because if they would end that on oh you did us all a huge favor for she's a jolly good fellow for she's a jo- they're like harmonizing in the background <laughs> and then she shuts the door and they just like stop they're just like oh <laughs> it's like, kind of genius but I don't want the ending to move no on. and like Madeline Kahn's like an actual good singer she's like really stand out in that yeah, too. yes so I. I would say probably the Miss Scarlet one is my favorite, but it would have to end in option three. Yeah. Like everybody did it. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Did you even mention? I, I did. Yes. Okay, I said three combined with Martin Mull. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. The Martin Mull. Anything it. else? That's it. Well, my friends, to make a long story short, we're going to give this movie a modern day rating after, di- I was waiting for <laughs> after dissecting it scene by scene. AJ, we've dissected it. What do you think about this movie? What's your modern day rating? Dude, this is this is Tim Curry at his finest. This is the best thing I've ever seen him do. And we wouldn't have Home Alone 2 without this performance of Tim Curry. Which right? is very important for you. Incredibly important because Home Alone 2 is better than uh, Home Alone 1. Oh, sorry, Whoa. guys. I know, controversy. Uh-huh. Anyways, like I say, I think the cast is awesome. Uh, I've, like I say, never seen it and seeing it for the first time. This might be an like all-star thing. I'm so glad we did this movie. Thank you guys for, for picking it. I've, I'm going all out. This is a 9.5. What? I'm serious. Wow. 9.5. That's like, that's probably top five of the movies you've ever done. It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. <laughs> okay, uh, 9.5 for AJ. Sean, what about you, man? I don't know, man. I just, like, I, I get I get the premise. 
But this is a board game movie. <laughs> yeah, the greatest board the, game the ever na- made. The name board is in the title. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a board game movie. And, and I could just, it seems like to me they're trying to milk everything they can out of it. And I think that they're trying a little too hard. And yes, adding Tim Curry is, it gets you up there. It gets you up there for me. Yeah. And all the other characters. Well, yeah. Um, it, all the other characters and the actors who play them are good, but I just don't think the the movie really is has any purpose being here. <laughs> like Jesus. I don't know. I don't Holy know. I just shit. <laughs> and j- for for Tim Curry alone, I'll give it a two point five. <laughs> Wait, two point five. Wow. Okay. That's so opposite. Okay, that's fine. I don't know. Jesus it Christ, did not work. Man. I thought the way you talked Good about Lord. it, you love this movie. I don't know. Uh, me, uh, you listen, it was really funny at times. It was, it was very witty, but I have to deduce points here for leaving. Leaving was fucking terrible. And it was like (laughs) one of the worst choices they could have ever made because the rest of this acting group is so good that he stands out so badly against these other good actors that it just, it brings me out of the scenes. He's there. Ultimately, uh, this movie, like Sean said, was a board game. (laughs) I hate board games. Board I'm not movie. a yeah. board movie, board game. I'm not sure it's as good as people think it is, but it's definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. So I'm kind of like, call it a 5.1. Okay. That's the Ugh. most, that's more meh than a seven. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Well, that takes us to a 5.8. Good. Which uh. is bottom 20. That is tied with Kindergarten Cop and Running Man. Well, <laughs> Running Man's better than this movie. Do I want to see Schwarzenegger's Running Man or Tim Curry's Clue? It's a tough one. Well, that's how it could have happened, but here's what really happened. (laughs) So to make a long story short. (laughs) Too late. Too late. We are going to give us our modern day ratings. We've dissected this movie. We're going to start with AJ. I want to know your modern day rating after watching this for the first time. I had a shockingly, surprisingly, shocking and surprising good time watching this movie. Um, I have to say it's probably mostly just because of Tim Curry. I'm a huge Tim Curry fan. Um, I really, really enjoyed his performance. I think it just just motors this story along. It buzzes by very quickly. It's a whodunit, but you don't have to work hard at it, you know, because in the end it could be any one of these three options. Maybe another option, you know. I think it was oddly dark and campy and but fun at the same time. It didn't scare me out of it or anything. The the cast and the way it goes, like the dialogue, the speed there, it's it's a lot of fun. And I I think it would be fun to have this playing in the background of you trying to do your own dinner party kind of a vibe, you know. Um do I think it's an amazing movie? No, but I have to give credit where credit's due of um, how clever it is and how well it is put together. And for that, I am going to give this a 7.05. 7 points. So you, you're you're saying slightly better than a 7. So yep. it's a good movie. Yep. Sean, what about you, man? Um, all sentiments I reflect, uh, AJ just said. Um, I Tim Curry's amazing, but I, I really think the whole cast, mm-hmm. like it's definitely Tim Curry's movie because he's just, you can't, it's undeniable, but everyone else is 
as equally undeniable. Like, he, like everybody, even the cop is great. Like, cop adds so yes. much. You know, I I don't know. It's, it's singing telegram. Why even have that? But it's so good. <laughs> Why even do that? It's I think, great. I it's think so it's fun. a a great script. I think it's a, a really fun. Like I like I said, I, I'm a sucker for these whodunit things. The confined story in yep. the house, almost haunted house, house on the hill vibes. This is definitely an October movie for yeah, me. I think probably so, now. Um, and then uh, I think it's really well directed for being a first time filmmaker. And um, I'm, this is a solid, solid eight. I will watch this anytime, anywhere. Sean, I'm going to I'm going to beat you on that. I'm going to call it an eight point one. Nice. Wow. Uh, I'm em- I am embarrassed that I have not seen this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. I feel I feel whatever you listening out there yelled at us when you found out we didn't have it like well deserved. Yep. I, I feel so dumb that I have not seen this, and I love. This has been the first time in a long time where I've put on a movie and been like, "Fuck, it's over." I know. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch it again, and I think rewatchability is not everything for me, but but it's part of it. And this is immediately a, a forever rewatchable movie. Um, I can't wait to learn more of the lines. I want to yes. listen to it deeper. I I've been trying to compare movies to old ratings I've done. To me, this reminded me a lot of Raising Arizona. Okay. In, in just the... Ah, very, like, very kinetic. Yeah, yeah. kinetic. And, yeah. and so I gave Raising Arizona an 8.1, so I am going to give this the same rating. David Gould, executive producer, he said, I'm so thankful I was able to revisit this film. Over the years, I've grown into this style of humor and love for many of the film's actors. This movie's still chaotic, and for me, the ending falls apart as they try to remain authentic to the ideals of the original board games, but it is still a good time. Seeing everyone take the absurdity absurdity seriously was fun and inspired me to binge all my favorite films, whether Back to the Future, A Mighty Wind, Rocky Horror, or Young Frankenstein. As a movie, Clue is good, but not great. It's funny, but not hilarious. It has a good premise, but only partially delivers a dark noir tone. But I don't care. I loved revisiting it and most likely will again. So as a married dad with an iPad in his office, I will give this movie a 6.28. Nice. So as a group, that is a 7.36 for this movie, which is going to take us. Let's see what our modern day rate is. 7.36. Is that what I said? Yeah. 7.36 is going to take us tied with Just Friends at number 44. Wow. You're welcome. (laughs) Tied with Just Friends. And it should be noted, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is just above that. And then um, Hocus Pocus just below that. Oh, wow. Is where that falls into into that middle. I'd like to see that as more of a 7.5, but uh, I'm okay with it Well, you know, there's been talk, there's been some angry people online saying, you can't let your executive producers keep Get your ratings. Oh, okay. So we will forever allow those ratings in there. But just a pretending that David's didn't count, that is a 7.72, which takes that up to just below planes, trains, and automobiles, just above Holy Grail. Okay. I would be fine with that. But I'm sorry. Uh, we we are not allowed to That's do that. That's fine. That's fine. You know, we will when the day the day will come when we go back to revisit a few of our ratings yep. and make a few changes. We'll it will have to reflect that on our own. We'll yeah. have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, all right. So, David, you're fired. Yeah, sorry, David. <laughs> Just joking. Sorry. Do not take your hate out on David. He's no, a good absolutely man. Absolutely. And bet. thorough. And thorough. Fine well, we, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week. We got Saving Private Ryan. It's going to get deep. <sighs> it's not going to be slapstick. Fun, stupid, silly whodunit to a we know who did it. Yes. And we're going to get him. Then we are bringing back a bonus episode. We're bringing back. <laughs> 
the I've Never Seen series. Sean has chosen Cobra, and Mike and AJ have never seen it. So yeah, we are gonna we are gonna drop in some Cobra knowledge Dude, on you. Look at the poster and tell me what you think. We will be oh, leaving yeah. voicemails about that. If you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. The Shining. The Shining. Come shitting. on, the look shitting. at this shit. Wow. Come on, get it is, on it. It's a great episode. I feel like we did some pretty good justice on that one. Mike, you're so. going to have to revisit it. I want to see what you think nowadays. Why? Well, because I want to see, we're going to revisit our ratings. You know, I want to, I want to, that's the one I implore you to rewatch because well, you said you feel in the episode, you said you feel like you need to rewatch it. Okay, hold on. So let's, let's just take a quick look at it. Um, Sean was a 10. Yep. AJ was an 8.4. I was a 7.2. Okay. So, so I think I was just like, you know what? I would like to dive in a little deeper. I think. Is I what think. I, said. I think you're going to go up point four. Point four. Okay. Wow. Seven point six. Okay. All right. Well, don't well, don't forget, we also have a voicemail. Call us at three one nine eight zero four ninety five ninety six. Leave us some feedback, like today's caller. Hey, this is Haley. Um, I just started listening to your podcast. My dad recommended it over Christmas, and it's all I've been listening to. Since then, um, I listen to it, you know, heading to work, coming home from work, and literally, like, in my AirPod all day at work. Um, I am 22, so it's a little embarrassing to say, you know, my dad raised me on all these movies, but I haven't seen all of them, so I'm trying to get through them. And I'm just going through what I've seen, and I'll work on what I haven't seen eventually. But going through the list, I am in utter shock that you have not done a never-ending story. That... I, that is the only movie that when I think of growing up, watching these nostalgic movies, the never-ending story is it. And then I remember y'all mentioned watching Stranger Things at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. That was, had such a huge influence on it. How have y'all not done that? I'm waiting for that episode. When you do it, I'll be the first one to listen. Let me know. Love the podcast. Shout out to my dad for giving it to me. Peace out. Shout out to your dad, Haley. Yeah. A never-ending story? Holy shit, why yeah. have we not done that? Yeah. You know why we haven't done that? Because there's a million good movies in the world, and like it's going to take us forever to get to all these. It's very yeah. true. It's very true. Because the minute you say never-ending story, then that you're then you're leaving out Pulp Fiction. You know yeah, what, though? Or whatever. Like, have, what? Like, I don't know. You have to throw out those titles, because now I'm thinking about it, I and know. now I really want to watch mm-hmm. it. If you're, you know? If you're, you're going to throw out never-ending story, then what about... You know, look who's talking. Yeah, shit. So, now I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What about that? No, Haley, that is a hundred percent accurate. I'm, I can't believe we haven't done it yet. Oh, what about that? <laughs> um, what about Big Bird? And uh, shout out to your dad. And uh, you know what? If that's what we've done, is allowed more folks around your age to start enjoying these movies and and hang out, watch them more than. Young Mission kids. accomplished. Young kids. Young That's kids. the way Young I was. That's the way I was. It wasn't necessarily like around when a lot of the 80s movies came yeah. out, obviously, but uh, I was shown them by my parents. Exactly. So. That's just how this continues on. So we really do, really do appreciate you calling in and doing that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Uh, and while you do that, write the review too because we really love reading them. Look for Confused Breakfast on anywhere for social media. Check us out on YouTube because you can see us on YouTube now with our smiling faces. Anywhere, Confused Breakfast. Go to confusedbreakfast.com and grab some of our merch. Get our shirts on your bodies. Get a damn dang it shirt. Get a logo shirt on your body. Yeah. I'm sure it'll look great on you. Yeah. Um, And uh, also, why don't you go to our same damn website and uh, look at our ratings. See where this fell 
in our individual ratings, see where it fell in our collective ratings along with our executive producers. Go buy all the stuff you can from our great sponsors. They're hooking up with deals. Check us out at patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. It's how you directly support us. Join in on the movie votes. Get all your extra bonus episodes. This show is produced by LAS Media Group, soon to be rebanded in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Agro Craig Agro on the controls. Craig. Agro. And we are now proudly a part of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Uh, and some big things coming on that. So check them out if you want more info. Cloud10.fm. Make a yeah. long story short. Let's end this thing. Too late. Get on with it! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.